yeah, it's fine. I mean, if you have a goal, you know what you do. And if you don't know what you do, figure out what you need to do and, and keep on going until you get it done. And it might take one year, it might take five or 10 years, but it's going to happen. If that's your goal, it's going to happen. Welcome to the Exponential Growth Podcast, where we demystify what it takes to break into tech. I'm your host, James Hudnell, and my goal is to highlight real-life examples of people moving into careers they love, so you can too. Mauricio, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself. Tell the audience who is Mauricio. Thank you. I was listening to your previous podcast and thinking about that question. All right, so I was born in Brazil and then uh, went to work in the oil field and moved to the U.S., working in the oil field then uh, changed to biotech a few years ago. Uh, I'm a father of twins and I don't know what else I can tell you. Oh, I love that, man. And what, in terms of professionally, what do you do today? Uh, I'm a software quality engineer in okay. the biotech industry. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we take it back? Why don't you take us back to Brazil and growing up? What was that like? It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, I mean, I had a good, uh, a good childhood, but I, I was also poor. You know, I was, mm. was born in a in a poor neighborhood in a, a limited means. I mean, uh, so we had what to eat, but we couldn't choose much. You know, and, and uh, so I was, I was raised this way, and uh, and I had friends, and I I enjoyed it, and I I studied a lot. You know, I was I was raised raised by my uh, great aunt, and she. Uh, she taught me the value of studying, and I I, I learned to enjoy it, enjoying studying, and and, and just uh, uh, be uh, careful about my studies, and and just just appreciate the opportunity to be studying. You know, so I yeah. feel like I bring that all the way to today. The that I appreciate the opportunity of learning, and I I'm always trying to learn and and just um, be being able to acquire new skills and do new things. Yeah. 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 I love that mindset. When do you think that, I guess, set in for you in terms of enjoying the learning and being studious? Because I'm thinking back to my childhood and even my early adulthood, Mauricio, and I was not, I was anything but studious. So at what point do you think that happened? And can you describe it? Were you just a natural, you just gravitated towards studying and learning things or was that acquired maybe over time? It, it was, I would say it was acquired by uh, the education that that person gave to me. Okay. You know, my great aunt, she uh, she basically forced that into me, and uh, okay. and I had to uh, deconstruct that throughout the years because mm -hmm. it was so hard on me that I today I I try to uh, think less about that uh, at all times. It's uh, it's it's like a baggage for me, you know. So, for example, yeah. when I choose to uh, do something with my my uh, my own time. I Sometimes I, I watch a documentary or I read a book and I, I have to tell myself that it's also fine to do something that's not bringing me any new information, you know, yeah. just to let my mind just go somewhere else or relax more. I, I had to learn that. So it's yeah. not, for me, it's kind of backwards. You know, I was I was growing up and, and my, my teenage years and all of that, I was more learning and more studying. And then... Uh, after a, a long time, I learned to enjoy life more. Yeah. In, so it's backwards than most people, right? Yeah, but it might be better. I, I guess it I guess it doesn't matter because we are where we are, but that, that's really interesting because to your point, I think most people experience that in reverse. So that's, reverse, yeah. I, I find that so fascinating that you, you went that way. And so during this time, maybe growing up high school or high school equivalent, or maybe even before then, what did you think you wanted to be when you quote unquote grew up? My my mom always told me that I was supposed to be an engineer, mm -hmm. and that's that's what I think uh, is stuck to my mind, you know. Um, and uh, because I was able to always being focused on studies and all that, I was uh, I, I was able to go through engineering school while working full time. Because I went wow. to work very young, I went to work when I was uh, seven, seventeen, a formal oh. work. Okay. Uh, right after high school, I went to a a high school that we call in Brazil a technical high school. So you you finish the high school with a technical degree. It's okay. 
it's almost you you can say it's uh, similar to an associate's degree in the u.s okay. uh, and and then a company in the oil field one of the biggest companies in the world they hired me to go work for them when i was 17 and uh while i was working for them uh, so working full-time and like always long hours in the oil field and yeah I was able to go to university at night and then weekends. Yeah. Uh, so for six, six and a half years, that's how long it took for me to get my engineering degree. So I okay. I was able to achieve that dream of my mom that actually it worked well for me because I, I enjoy what I do today. And I, yeah. the degree was the uh, starting point for what I am right now. Yeah, no, fair enough. And so... When you were working through all of that, you had mentioned the oil field, and I know we talked about that offline as well because we had a somewhat similar background in that regard in the maritime industry. So how did this position in the oil field come to pass? Did you select that or did it kind of select you? No, it selected me. Uh, so I was in that school and um, it was a technical degree. And this company, they uh, they figured out that they could go to this school. It was one of the places that they could find a pool of talent that would fit the technical uh, jobs that they were looking for. Okay. And so they went there and they uh, they got some names from the the teachers. I learned that a few years ago that they they got a list from the teachers of people that they should test. And then they, they they put all these people in one room and I was one of them. And they ran several tasks with us. Hmm. And uh, I remember that I was brought into the interview after the tasks. And uh, it's clear uh, today, I mean, that memory is very clear in my mind when he told me that I, 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 was, I passed in all the tasks and he liked my scores, but he was very worried about the fact that I, I bombed in English. I mm. didn't have any English understanding, any any ability to speak English at all. So he said, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that you are hired, but uh, you're gonna have to promise me that that you you're gonna be able to learn English as quickly as possible because that's yeah. one of the most important things for us. Because the first thing that they do when they hire you, they let you work for about six months and then they send you to Houston for okay. a training." Okay. And if you don't pass that training, they immediately fire you. So when wow. you come back, it's you you're not part of the company anymore if you don't pass yeah. that training. So my you can and I knew that when I came back, they it's it's two options. One, it's you're fired. The second option is you get a promotion to the specialist because you get the training done. And I knew that my my salary when I came back, if I passed that training was going to be more than my father and my mother combined at mm. that time. Uh, and and uh, can you, you can imagine how how that was a big um, motivation for yeah. me to be able to learn English as quickly as possible and then be able to pass that training. So in the end, I, I was able to pass the training, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to order food. So I really? would go to like McDonald's and just say uh, <laughs> one. And they... Okay. And when they asked back uh, for here to go, uh, I you didn't know. I didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. You know, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, look, let me let me stop you right there, Mauricio, because I think coming in, you know, I made the assumption, and I imagine the audience members will as well. In that, you know, your English is so good right now. I just assumed that English was taught as a second language in Brazil in your school, and you just coasted up until this point in the story. But it turns out that is not the case so obviously you did a great job learning it i think your english is great thank you thank you for that i appreciate the the yeah uh, you're saying that but uh, it, it's not uh, english is not a second language at all in brazil we learn portuguese hmm. uh, if you if you come from a rich family you probably go into english uh okay. as a second language at school and you're gonna have tutors and you're gonna have you're gonna have the opportunity to learn english and everybody thinks it's important to learn english in brazil yeah but my my family didn't have the, that kind of uh, resources and uh i began learning when i was 17 and i uh then i came to that training and i saw that if i kept on learning english then i would have more opportunities to travel and learn more and be able to progress in that career yeah. so for me before i even started the started the university which was my dream to start the university i focused on english because the company they were paying for the english class mm -hmm. so uh, i my my idea was to finish the english class 
being able to speak English as, as much as possible so I could show them that I was capable of going to other places and get more training. Yeah. Um, and then after I was confident with my level of English, then I began the university and I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning English. And oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, uh, my daughters, they, I, I, I read to them. I used to read to them, not anymore. They're seven now, but when they were younger, I used to read to them and they used to make fun of my accent. You know, oh, wow. they, I would say things like uh, uh, when you're reading a child's book, you say glitter and mm. they're like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> They didn't know any better because they were born here, I guess. <laughs> they were yeah. born in the US. Yeah, their, their yeah. first language is English, and I, I, it's a struggle to get them to speak Portuguese. I, yeah. they, they can, they can speak. They they speak a lot of Portuguese. They can understand everything, and they speak a lot. But it's not the same as English for them because they go to school, yeah. speaking English. Their, their friends speak yeah. English, you know. Yeah, so it's uh, it's easier for them. Yeah, no, it's amazing. So let's back to your story where you're going. So you you go to this training after six months, and then you put this emphasis on learning. And it, I imagine, Mauricio, at that point, your employers, you know, they probably could tell that you could do the job. But I think personally, more importantly, hopefully they saw that you were willing and able to learn something totally foreign to you, no pun intended, and just totally mastery over that. Or at least now, I'm not sure if that was the case at the time in terms of how quickly you did it. But I'm curious to know how that adventure played out. It was, it was, uh, because I kept on being uh, <clears throat> being appointed to, to keep on going on trainings and uh, quickly became the, we have a, a structure that was technicians. I was a technician and then you have tech leaders and supervisors. So I was a tech leader uh quickly and uh, was a supervisor at 21 years old. So at 21, I was uh, I was a supervisor of a team of uh, 15 people wow. at 21 years old. And uh, you can only imagine how many mistakes I made, you know, managing yeah. people at that age. And uh, yeah. yes, things that I look back today that I, I would never do again. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was just a learning. And just to answer your point, yeah, they saw it and I was able to uh, become a supervisor and progress in the career. But uh, at the same time, I I saw that a supervisor would be a, almost like a limit without the education, the higher right. education. It would be a limit to me. You could get you a manager, but it was only one. You, you only had one manager yeah. of the technical uh, people. And you had plenty of other positions, the managers, directors, and everything else that came from the pool of engineers. Right. So that only that only uh, confirmed my intuition that uh, the engineering degree would be the best path yeah. for me. Yeah. So that's why I was also very motivated motivated to complete the, uh, that degree, and I was yeah. uh, was able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take one step back, if you're willing to. And do you remember any management lessons, things you did well, things you didn't do well, and maybe hard lessons learned when you were 21 years old managing that team? That's that's a great question. <laughs> I uh, yeah, things things like uh, today, for example, lead by example. That I, I I feel it's it's very very important when you're managing a team to show show them what you're doing, show them that you're there for them, and not only uh, tell them what you do, you know, explain them well, show them that you're willing to help them and help them in the best way as possible. I, I used to just take orders and then assign orders. And I yeah. today I, I would never do it. And I, I have a, at my company now, I have a great example. My my direct manager, she teaches me a lot. She's she's always there. She's always present. She shows what she's doing. She shows that she cares. Yeah. And and that's something that I, I it, it doesn't it's not easy for someone at 21 years old with given that power you know at such a uh, oh, yeah. young age and you uh, you don't have that uh, empathy and you don't yeah. have understanding of uh, how the other uh, I mean to know how the others are feeling and yeah. what's best for them and how you can just be as nice as possible and at the same time get the job done. Yeah. No, it's great that you went through that though at the time, even though it may have been tough. I can tell that you definitely learned a lot from that and that, and that probably helped inform the, the individual that you are today and that you've become. And so I'm curious at this point in your story, Mauricio, were you still working out of Brazil? Had you come to the States at that point? Yes. Yeah, same company. I was uh, I was with that same company for six years. And, and then I moved around a little, a little bit after I got the engineering degree. And um 
I was with a company called Halliburton, okay. uh, which is one of the, the biggest oil field companies yeah. in the US, right? Um, and involved with the US government as well. I was with that company when uh, I decided and in, in conjunction with my ex-wife, now ex-wife, that uh, we were going to move to the U.S. That okay. it was it was the only thing in our mind at that, that point. We said, this is our goal in life, is to yeah. move to the U.S. And so we, we sold the house, we made every adjustment in our life possible, and uh, the project was move to the U.S. But I wanted yeah. to do it, I, I wanted to do it legally, Right, I wanted to do it through a job and through a visa, and yeah. and, uh, and I began searching for jobs and I began applying for positions within the company because there is a, a special type of visa called L one L one visa. It's an intra company uh, tra uh, transfer. Okay. So it's not an H H one B. You can hire someone from any anywhere and bring to any company. An L one, you have to work for that same company in another country. And then come to the U.S. with a position with within that same company. Okay, that's what I got. I, I got a. I, I had a uh, a connection in Louisiana, and we were working together on a project for the world. And that person uh, introduced me to people in the facility in Louisiana, and was able to talk to them about my work and the, uh, the work that I was doing with the worldwide locations. I was instructing a class in many locations and he, he wanted that knowledge to be in the US. And, and those, those people in the Louisiana location, they hired me. But the, the catch is uh, I was an engineer and I was, I was already working as an engineer for a long time and doing uh, other, other engineering jobs in Brazil. They said, we want you in, in this location in the U.S., but we only have a technician job, a hands-on hands technician job. We, we can't promise you anything else. We just, we just, but that's the only option you have. Okay. And uh, I took it. I, okay. I said, it was taking a step back of, yeah. uh, I would say, 10 years in my career, even more wow. than 10 years. Um, 10 years is a fair number. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I accepted and, and, and I came and I was, I, I put overalls again and I had hard hat, safety glasses, boots, yeah. uh, was full of uh, grease every day. And I <laughs> made, made a lot of friends, you know, people in the shop in Louisiana, they, the amazing people, they, oh, yeah. uh, they showed me the culture, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a culture of shock. Yeah. When I, you know, when, oh, yeah. I saw, when I saw all the animal heads on the yeah. walls and I didn't only think about hunting. I didn't only think about their culture. I learned yep. a lot. I made friends, like I said, and I, I enjoyed the working with them in the factory. But uh, at the same time, when I arrived there with that same mentality of learning, I uh, I enrolled in a master's degree in the University of Louisiana. Okay. Um, and, and I showed the managers of, the, of that location that I was studying yeah. in the university. I saw that all of them went to that university. And uh -huh. I said, hey, that's what I'm going to get the degree. So I'm going to show that, I, that I'm studying there. And, and then, thank you. And I, so I, I showed them that I was studying there. And I also kept on showing them what else I could do. So I was doing my job in the shop, but I was also showing them, look, there's an audit that I can do here. That is uh, a process that I can improve here. Can can I do it? And so they gave me. They kept on giving me one hour here, one hour there to work on those things. And yeah. at one point, I was working two days in the factory, three days in the office. And one day, they just they just said, "Okay, we're gonna give you an office job now." Nice. So they, so they in six months, basically, they 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 changed me from the 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 job in the factory to the job in the office again. Yeah. So it was easier for me to keep on studying and finish my degree over there. And um, yeah, and that's that's what happened. Yeah, I've got two, if not three, maybe loosely related questions. And, and I've been holding them back because I wanted you to keep going. But let me let me zoom back just a little bit, Mauricio. And I want to go back to where you and your wife have made it the goal to come to America. I, I'm curious as to the why. And the reason I ask you that is uh, I know a lot of fellow Americans, and I'm guilty of this as well. Sometimes we take living here for granted just because it's all we've ever known. So I'm curious, why was America the goal for you and your wife at that point in your life? 
Okay, good question. Uh, I I had a great life in Brazil. I was, like I said, I was an engineer in the oil field, one of the most prestigious industries in Brazil to be an engineer. And the salary was great. Uh, she was also in the oil field. We combined had a great income. We were able to live, uh, I mean, to live a really nice life where whatever we want, do do most things that we wanted to do. Um, but we didn't have security. We did not. I wasn't able to have an iPhone, for example, because mm. if you have an iPhone, you become a target. Okay. Uh, you were not able to drive at night and stop at the signal light because you're always thinking about someone coming and shoot you out of nowhere. Okay. That is that is the main reason why I wanted to leave Brazil yeah. and not live like that. Uh, the second reason uh, is financial because the... Uh, Currency exchange and the currency power that you have in the U.S. and the protection of your money in the U.S. Even now, with the inflation the way it is, it's still way better than most most places in the world. So, yeah. uh, the money that I accumulate, I was able to save while working in the oil field. A um, few years ago, it uh, was cut by one fifth. Just to give you an idea, because when I began working, the the currency exchange from dollar to Brazilian reais was one to one, and today is one to five. Okay. So the money that I had, it's now worth uh, one fifth. Wow! In, yeah. in bringing to the U.S. currency and yeah. everything that you buy in Brazil, it's in relationship with the the U.S. currency. So it doesn't make sense. For you to keep on making money in Brazilian reais, if you have yeah. the opportunity to make them in U.S. dollars, so yeah. it's the it's the security and the financial opportunity combined that yeah. made that made made us uh, that this have the decision of leaving Brazil. Yeah. And then why the U.S. is uh, I I mean I admire the U.S. a lot. I think it's uh, an amazing place. Out of the places that I visited in the in the world while working in the oil field. And I, I can tell you it's around 20 countries. Oh. Uh, the U.S. is to my favorite okay. to leave today. Um, and and Louisiana was great. I, I had a great time living in Louisiana. Yeah. And, but now I live in California. And yeah, California, that was a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> and, and I can tell you that California is amazing. I, yeah. I, I love this place. I know that a lot of people that, that say that, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like the taxes. I don't like the the, the way, but it's, uh, it, it's for me. I can tell yeah. you it's for me and I love yeah. being here. It's, it's yeah. the, I'm amazed with this place and uh, a lot of good things happened for me in California, yeah. uh, including, and I'm probably going to give you more questions before I'm saying, but I yeah. great view and you can keep on going with me. Uh, uh, California gave me two things. It gave me back my passion to jujitsu. Mm -hmm. was able to. I was able. I was able to uh, re reconnect with that passion, okay. and I'm practicing that now. And it also uh, gave me the opportunity to meet my uh, my current girlfriend, and mm -hmm. um, she is amazing. And I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's so, like a fairy tale story. That, that's an amazing. That's an amazing answer to that that first question. And I, I thank you so much for sharing that because, again, on both fronts, Mauricio, I think a lot of fellow Americans, again myself included, I feel like we take both of those things: the security and security of the the financial system. Even though it it appears shaky, everything mm -hmm. is relative, especially on that global scale. So, thank you for for sharing that, and that makes a lot of sense. The other question I had for you is. It's why Louisiana, but more importantly, you had mentioned earlier on that you had a connection in Louisiana. And I really wanted to drill down on that if we can, just because I feel like that might translate to those listening out there. Because, you know, we all talk about the importance of networking, even though that's some somewhat dubious term. I don't know better, but I feel like there may be some underlying themes that kind of I, I guess the listeners can relate to so how did you know this individual in louisiana how did you cultivate that did you cultivate that naturally were you methodical in that okay i met this guy five years from now i'm going to move to the u.s i'm going to do all the right things how did that story i guess play out yeah it was more natural and as you can see i i'm i'm very outgoing i, I enjoy getting to know new people and yeah. I enjoy talking to people um and i call i call him stepfather uh, and oh, well. okay. <laughs> we we have that kind of connection and yeah. uh he helped me a lot you know without him I, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be able to have the path that i have now just like 
a lot of other people. You know, I, yeah. I, I couldn't start talking names here because I wouldn't be able to give credit to everybody. Sure, sure. That was able to just just be there for me and give me the opportunity and uh, yeah. how lucky I am to meet all those people. But it was it was very natural. We uh, so I, uh, I told you I was instructing uh, that training overseas. Mm-hmm. I was instructing there in a, a lot of places. Uh, so how I got there? Let, let me let me go back. Um, okay. I before working for Halliburton, I worked in a small company. There was a consulting company that was the owner of a standard in the uh, a, uh, standard that was used in a specific uh, application in the oil field. Okay. And while I was there, I became an expert in that standard. Uh, the company said, "Okay, what's the, what's the core business of the company? It was to be be the owner of that standard." So I said, "I'm going to learn everything about that standard," and I did. I, I learned by reading the standard, by uh, working with people that were there before me and applications and everything. So I was the ex- expert on that standard before I came to Halliburton. And then when I came to Halliburton, I saw that that knowledge was not there at all. Like mm-hmm. they they did not hire me for that knowledge. They hired me for another purpose, but, they, but I, I realized that that knowledge was not there at all. So I told them, I said, look, I believe that you guys are lacking a lot of knowledge in this area. Let me let me let me teach you guys. Let me uh, let me create a training, and I'm gonna instruct that training here in Brazil, and I'm gonna show you how that's gonna make a difference in that area. And they allow me the opportunity to do that, so I did it. And people that saw that happening, they saw how how much transformation happened in that area in Brazil, and that became a, a case study for mm-hmm. the for the world. And Halliburton nice. is, present in, in, is present in more than 100 countries, I believe. So they, everybody was was asking, what's happening in, 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 with that? And they began asking for me to go to other locations and teach the, the same class okay. in other locations. And so even after I moved to the U.S., I was still going to other locations and teaching that training. And I have a funny story about that, but I, we can talk about that later. Um, so I was teaching that class and then... This person was the the main person for that area in the U.S. Okay. So when I came to the U.S. to teach that training, I was teaching the training to him and the people that were working for him. And when I came to the U.S., he was he was very nice to me. He uh, he brought me to his his family, you know, his house. He took me. He he enjoyed going to casinos, so he took mm. me to casinos. I also like to play sometimes, and. Uh, and we we were playing together. We were we were working together. Um, we traveled together to other countries and, and taught the training together in other countries. So we created that connection uh, in the work and also in the personal life. Yeah. Uh, and and when he knew he knew that I wanted to move to the U.S. and he knew about that position and he so he called me. He said, "This there's a position for you." He called the people in the uh, shop and said, "Look, I have a person for that position. Yeah. He uh, he can do the job and he can also help in other areas. So hire him." And yeah. they said, "Okay, if he's willing to come for that job, I don't think that I don't think they thought that I was willing to go for that job because the pay was so low. Right. You know, it was such a step back in the career for me. But my my goal was." And and that that transfer to how I was able to leave the oil field and move to biotech. My goal, I have I had one goal. The goal was to move to the US legally. Yeah. Regardless of how. Yeah. You can do whatever it took. And then I would then I would figure it out. Yeah. You know, can yeah. I can I leave? And that and that's another uh, another thing that it's uh, for me, sometimes for the people, it's not as easy as it is for me because I came from that that poor place. I'm used to not have anything. Yeah. So it's easy for me to consider that 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 position because it's okay. I can yeah. it, can I leave? Can I pay my bills? Yeah. So let's do it. You know, I don't need yeah. anything. Uh, all I need is is with me. You know, I, need, I have my family, my friends, and and the connections. And yeah, that that that's yeah. enough. I love that, man. I, I hear there there's so many silver linings in there and and golden nuggets of like just how to live your life. And I, I love, you know, you had mentioned you're willing to take a pay cut short term. I think you probably knew subconsciously it was short term because you had this plan for your life. And to your point, I feel a lot of people get hung up on that. They're like, oh, I can't take, you know, 10% less because I've got bills and they don't think about 
sacrifices they may or may not be able to make. Maybe sometimes people can't make said sacrifices, but uh, I just love this grit and determination I'm hearing in your story up until this point. You take this pay cut, you go back to the the greasy blue collar job with that pay cut. And I love all the uh, the stories about Louisiana because I think we had also discussed offline. I spent a lot of time down there when I was in the maritime industry as well. And I, I love those people, you know, salt of the earth people. And I, I was chuckling because I know those people. And when I envision you and your, I, I guess now ex-wife wanting to move to America, most people probably don't picture Louisiana as the stereotypical American culture per se. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion. It's just so diverse and so unique. And I, I just, yeah, I guess I don't have much more to say in that regard, but I, I, that's why I was laughing when you had mentioned that trajectory to your point. So if we can go back to where we were before I, I totally derailed us with my my curiosity. So you had mentioned you come over here. I think it was within six months. You're basically inserting yourself, trying to improve the processes. They're giving you an hour here and there. You're doing it. Obviously, you're doing a great job because six months after, they give you this office job. And so maybe before we progress to what happens next, Mauricio, I want to ask you at this point, I think you're still doing your master's degree as well. Did you plan to stay in the industry and just keep learning stuff related to the oil field and what you were doing? Did what was computer science even on your radar at that time? No, no, it was not. Um, I when I came to the U.S., my my plan was to keep on going with the the uh, oil field career. I knew that I didn't want to work in the oil field in Brazil anymore, but I thought that it would be a great plan to work in the oil field in the U.S. and then keep on going, become a manager, become a VP, and, and just keep on going in, in the U.S. That was my plan. I wanted to, I had that ambition. Um, I I really can't tell at what point my mind changed and I didn't feel that the oil field was the right place for me anymore. I don't know if my my values changed. I don't know if my perception of the industry changed. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you what's the reason, but I just knew that I wasn't feeling like that was the place for me anymore. Okay. At one point. I, uh, I didn't want to be part of the industry anymore. I, uh, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. But that, and that happened, I can pinpoint the time but I cannot pinpoint the reason or specifically uh, how it happened. Yeah. But I can tell you that, that that was around three years after I moved to the U.S. Okay. And okay. It, it coincides with the birth of my daughters a little bit, like right after they were born. Yeah. Maybe that changed my my perception of the world or, or yeah. like changed the, you know, as a parent, you know. Yeah. But I didn't want to be that anymore. Um, I, I was at that point, I said, look, I... Uh, I don't mind, again, I don't mind a pay cut because the oil field is, like I said, a prestigious place where they, the pay is higher usually than, than other industries. Um, but I, I want to work in something that I can feel a sense of purpose. Mm. That that was my 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 feeling and three years after the, I was in the U.S. Okay. And not that the oil field doesn't have a purpose or doesn't have a sense sure. of purpose for the people working there. It's just a, for my understanding of life at that moment, yeah. it wasn't there for me. I was yeah. looking for a different sense of purpose, right? Um, and but I was stuck, right? Yeah. yeah, I was stuck because I had the L one, the L one visa mainly. That was my blocking point. Was the right. visa, um, and uh, since I since I. I I started working in the U.S. I was asking for the manager and that facility, can you please apply for my green card? Because you mm -hmm. have, the company has to apply for you. You cannot apply yourself when you were on that visa. So I was asking him and he said, the, his answer to me was, Mauricio, what is the, what is the reason? What, what, what am I going to gain mm -hmm. with, with that application? Because I'm going to spend a lot of money on it. And I, my answer was, you're going to have someone that's more motivated, that's, that's happier to be here, and that's going to be that's going to make me feel better, and that's going to be ha better for the company. Yeah. I guess that manager did not understand that. Right. And, and I was very lucky when he was replaced, hmm. and the manager that got, in, got, got his place was a manager that used to work in Brazil. 
he used to work overseas he knew he 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 had a more open mind yeah when when we met his first question to me was how is your green card process mm-hmm. i didn't have to tell him and yeah. he said oh, and i told him I, I i don't have a green card process and, and because the previous manager didn't want to sign for me he said where is the paper so i can sign i said it's here because i carry nice. my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you're ready i said it's here and i gave it to him at, at, at that meeting and he signed and the, the process started and the process was supposed to take one and a half years. It took three years wow. because because when Trump was elected, he changed some rules and he changed some process, uh, and it made it harder. It made it uh, longer for okay. people in my position to to change from the visa to the green card. Yeah. So it from the time I arrived in the U.S. to the time I got the green card it was six years. So okay. that's. That's when I had the when when you have the green card. That's yeah. when you have the chance and the opportunity to apply f- to other jobs. Yeah, and that's 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 how I end up uh, here. Yeah, no. So in terms of your your timeline, you had mentioned when you I guess got burnt out of the oil field as an industry. Did that timeline coincide with around the same time you had your green card when it finally came in, or was there a a, a difference in between that. Well, that, that that was the time where the process was starting. Okay, so it was just starting there. So for three so, years, I, I didn't want to be there. Um, okay. can, I can tell you that. Like I was there, okay. uh, and and I was and I was doing the best job I could do, but yeah. I was happy in yeah. doing that job. Yeah, but you were kind of, and this is a question: you were kind of stuck because it wasn't as if you could just go get another job. They would have to sponsor you is that right even in another industry you would basically have to prove to yourself that you were worth it is that how it worked it, it, it's it's so hard even even if they want to sponsor you it's not that simple mm-hmm. and, and without the experience I, I at that point i could be sponsored for a company an oil field company because of my education and experience in the oil field they could create a case and sponsor me but any other industry, you would not be able to sponsor me without the green card because you wouldn't make sense. The, the U.S. government would not approve a process for someone without experience in that industry. Okay. Even with the education, you would okay. be it would be hard to okay. get the process. So the only path I had was to wait on the green card okay. and then then apply to other jobs after I got the green card. Okay. And so is that what you did? I'm, I'm very curious as I know the audience will be as well, like how you executed this pivot. Did you know you wanted to go into biotech at the time or you just know you wanted something different? I just knew that I wanted something with uh, a sense of purpose right. um, to me, right? That would That would make me not only work for the income, but also work for something else. And yeah. I'm not saying, I'm, again, I'm, I need to repeat that. I'm not saying that it's not in the oil field. I'm just yeah. saying for me, sure. it's not in the oil field anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you'd put a ton of years in as well. So it's yeah, not it's, as if every person was meant to spend their entire lives in a single industry. I don't think very many people at all, you know, now will do that with the, as quickly as things are changing. So, yeah. yeah. So I began applying to jobs everywhere. I did, I did not target biotech. I did not target California. I I was just applying to jobs everywhere. Um, most tech companies, uh, to be honest, I didn't even know about biotech. Mm. I didn't even know biotech exists. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking that it was a possibility for me, especially. Um, so I was applying to jobs everywhere and got some calls here and there, got into some processes here and there. Um, it's not easy because they 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 ask why you live in the oil field. You have this experience. You willing to take a an entry level job? It's not easy for someone to give the to give you that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, How would you answer that question when they would ask? I would show them my path. I would show them, look, this. My intention is to create a new career, and, and that was the similar intention when I came to the U.S. and I accepted the entry level job, and and I was able to work on that entry level job as well as show that I was able to do other things. Yeah. And this is my intention. If I if I go to your company, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the job that you offer me in the best way as possible. And I'm also gonna learn as much as possible like I did before. Yeah. So I had I had a study a case study to show them. So I was able to present the uh 
that example. So it was not it was not that hard, but it was hard for someone to give the, that opportunity. Yeah. And and I was I was very lucky that this company that I didn't even know the name, I didn't know what they were doing. They called me out of one of the thousands that I applied. They called me and they said, Mauricio, you applied to this job. Uh, we want to talk to you. And I had a conversation with the recruiter and she liked me. Then I had a conversation with the VP of the company, of the, the quality department, because they were interested in my uh, experience with service equality, with uh, quality, uh, quality engineering. This is a lot of the things that I was doing in the oil field were related to quality, uh, lean, six sigma, uh, process improvements and things like that. So they were interested in that experience. And, and this VP, lucky enough, her father used to work in the oil field. Mm. So it was, she had a connection with me and we yeah. had a conversation. So she recommended me for the panel of interviews on my company, the, comp the company that I am right now. I, I, didn't, I don't even know, should we go there? Should we go to the... the yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. So she recommended me for the panel of interviews with that company. Uh, when I got recommended, even before that, when I, when I got recommended by the recruiter to speak with the VP, I began researching about the company and, and I saw what they were doing. The company uh, at that time, what I knew is that they were creating a blood test to detect cancer in early stages. Okay. And I said, okay, this is amazing. This sounds like something that I would wake up every day to do yeah. as a volunteer, you know, yeah. if they pay yeah. for that, why not? Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, what did this job fit the purpose bill that you had set out? And clearly it does. So way more than I expected. You yeah. know, sometimes I, I think about that and I tell, I tell some friends, I tell my, uh, my girlfriend, my mom about that. I say, look, uh, sometimes I, I ask something to the universe and the universe gives me more than what I asked for. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, yeah. so I asked for something. I said, look, give me at least something. And gave me that, you know, yeah. and I, I can't describe how, how grateful I am for that opportunity. So, yeah. but, but I didn't get the job. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I'll tell you that. So um, we, we went to the panel of interviews. I did the interview and... One of the, my company, we have a process where we have the panel of interviews and one of the interviews is called the cultural interview. Okay. And that cultural interview is very important to us. We, uh, we believe that if you pass that interview, if you, uh, if we believe that, we don't like to call alignment, but we, if we believe that you um, you were there with us. You be, we believe in similar things. We have yeah, similar, like a culture fit your yeah. beliefs with the companies. Yeah, we don't Is that fit? But it's 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 there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you if you do well in that interview, it's very important to us. Okay. And I they told me that I did well in that interview. They also said that I did well in the technical interview. But I was I was competing with someone and the job was to become a supplier quality engineer. Um, I did that a lot in the oil field. I did audits, I, I audited suppliers, I, uh, yeah, I uh, procured suppliers and helped uh, implementing them in the company. So that was a fit for me in the technical side. And they said, so they liked me in the technical side and they liked me in the culture side, but they said, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to hire you because you were competing with someone that has 25 years experience as a supplier quality engineer in mm. biotech. Mm. So they said, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's the same. Tough. Yeah, it's tough to make that. Even though you did well, the team liked you, they, uh, we're going to hire that person. And, and and in the same call, she said, "Is there another job? If you know, she said, if there is another job that you would like to apply, we would like to hear from you again because we really like the team, liked you. We want to work with you. And just like I had the the paper on my pocket for the green card, I had the the, the other job on my mind because I was prepared for that answer. And I nice. and we, the other job was a, a a more entry level job than that one." But I was I was capable of doing that job, like I said, and I was willing to do that job, and I I even enjoyed doing that job for for a, for a while, yeah. um, and and I said, okay, there is this job here, and I'm uh, I I can do it, and she said, okay, send me an email with the job description and showing how you can do that job, 
why, how does it, how, how it fits with your experience. And, and I'm going to talk to them here and see what happens. Uh, one week later, the, the CMO of the company, the chief medical officer called me for one hour. And I believe he, he did that because he was trying to substantiate hiring someone that was not from the area sure. for that position. Because it was, sure. I, I call it entry level. It's not entry level. It's, uh, um, how can I put that? It's not an engineering job, okay. but it's it, uh, it's it's document control. The job okay. was to be document control specialist, and it's a very important job. It's 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 I enjoy like I said I enjoy doing that job, but it's not quality engineering, and uh, and it's uh, and he was trying to substantiate hiring someone from outside of that job. So we had the conversation, and then a few days later. The recruiter called me with the job offer, and I and I took it. Yeah, and, I just want to and, say, man, it, I love how prepared you are in all of these situations. You've got the the green card paperwork in your back pocket. You've got this backup plan B job in your back pocket, and that definitely translates to anyone out there listening is to to be prepared. And to your point, you know, you had mentioned earlier, Mauricio, where the universe just seems to give you more than you ask. I also want to point out that you are putting so much effort, and you are putting so much positive energy out into the universe. And what I found, not just in my own past, but in many of the people that I talk with and interview on this show or just talk with off of the show, you know, there, there's a commonality there where you put out good energy and the universe takes care of the rest. So I just, I just wanted to highlight that before you you continue. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I understand that as well. I don't, I don't think about that a lot. I just, my, my mind is on being grateful for what I'm taking. Yeah. And, and I think this is this is the good mindset you have, you know. And, yeah. I, and I, I'm not gonna be, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not always like that. It's not easy to always sure. with that positive mind. But uh, this is what I try to do most of the time. Yeah. And, and this is my intention, at least. And talking about intention, this is from what you said. It, it translates to one thing for me. Uh, if I have a goal, if I have uh, something that I want to achieve. My mind, the way my mind works is, what do I need to do to to get that goal, to, yeah. to achieve that? Yeah. And I just do it. Yeah. You know, and if I fail, keep on doing it. Yeah. Don't take <laughs> no for an answer. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, if you have a goal, you know what you do. And if yeah. you don't know what you do, figure out what you need to do and, right. and keep on going until you get it done. And it might yeah. take one year, it might take five or 10 years, but it's going to happen. If yeah. that's your goal, it's going to happen. Yeah. Right? No, that's that's so, I'm so glad you pointed that out. And and again, I've seen that so many times, again, in all the people that I talk with is it's it's almost like your success is guaranteed if you're if you refuse to give up. And you know, you can't continue with everything, every path that you're trying to take in life. But if you have that burning desire for a given path, to your point, as long as you're not willing to give up, your success is all but guaranteed. It sounds cliche, but I've definitely, I've seen that everywhere. So there, there is truth to it. Yeah. And it's, it's not the same as the secret, because uh, the secret is you, uh, you have something in your mind and you keep on thinking about that and it's going to happen. It's not. Yeah. It's, it is. You have a goal. You have to do things to get to that goal. Yeah. Keep on doing. That's right. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. It's going to help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you have to. So do you. It. So you. You land this job, the Plan B job that you're because you're mm -hmm. so prepared and you're ready for it. You get that yeah. job. What are you thinking at the time? How does that play out? Is that the job that you're in today? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, before we get to where you are today, what what was it like when you had moved into that? Uh, I had to learn, right? I had to learn not not a lot because I, I I've I've done that before. It was part of what I was doing in the oil field. It was a small part of my job in the oil field to talk to the document control. So I had to learn how it was done in the in biotech. What is the what are the the regulations and uh, and everything that applies to it. So I learned that and I uh, I, I took over that position in three months. I was the only person in the company doing that job. Nice. Um, and, and I was, I was doing that job. And at the same time, I kept on telling my managers, uh, I need something else. I want to do something else. I want to do more. I want to do, I want to do it here. I want to do it there. And one manager 
at that point, he's no longer in the company. One manager said, oh, you know, we believe that you don't know, you don't know what you want because you're always asking for other things. Hmm. So we don't know if you have a direction. And I said, it's not that I don't have a direction. It's that I, 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 I've been doing my job. You can ask anybody because it's a support job. Ask anybody if anybody has any complaints about my job first. If, if, and you're going to see that they don't have. And second, I have free time that I want to learn and I want to do other things because I, I, I had that in my mind because I wanted to go and do other jobs as well and learn other things. And, uh, and that person did not understand that. And so it was, it was kind of a block for me at that point. And then we had some restructuring the company and, and new people came in and we, we made connections. We spoke about my desires and what I could do. So they, these new people, they gave me a project and, and I decided at that point, I, I had some experience in other areas of the company and I decided that my path was going to be in software quality engineering. Okay. I said, this is what I want to do. This is document control is great. I like that job. I, I like I like the, the the work and I think the person that's doing that job right now, she's amazing. Yeah. She does a great job and she loves it, but I didn't love it. Okay. I I wanted something that I could say, look, I love doing that. I think yeah. it's very nice to do it. And I realized that software quality engineering was that for me. I what I what I like about it is so every every software in, in medical devices in biotech has to be uh, has to be in compliance with the regulatory requirements by the FDA. Okay. If if we are, if we are a company based in the US and we want to sell things and we want to do things based on the FDA, so we have to make sure that we 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 in alignment with the requirements. So the software quality engineer does that. We we look at the software, we analyze the software, we test the software, we we document the things that were done with that software to make sure that everything is in alignment and to prove to anybody that wants to see, including the auditors from the FDA, that everything was done and that the software runs properly. And that's something that can save a life, can not can. That's something that saves lives every day yeah. to make sure the software is working properly. If you yeah. if you see any any medical device that that it's used today, a software quality engineer tested that software or or worked as a leader in the project of testing that software to make sure that it was uh, it was in compliance with the requirements. Also, it was in compliance with the the intended use of that software. So how it's intended to be used, is it is he executing, is it working in 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 compliance with that intended use? Right. And let me any bugs, is it failing? Is yeah. it working properly? That's that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Go ahead. So I, I know we're coming up on our hour, but I have to ask. So you're going from the oil field to this, the the quality engineer i believe in biotech and now all of a sudden you're you're moving over to like software engineering basically reading writing code looking for life-saving bugs that may or may not exist so how did you learn to code where did you get that confidence like it's yeah oh so i don't i don't do any coding this okay. uh, we work more in the usability of the software okay. i i know i know some coding i know i know how to look for the coding and what you're doing the coding but i, I i'm not a developer okay. and I, that's not part of my job we work more in the usability of the the software okay. uh, in the front end we don't, okay. Work, okay. we don't work in the back end we we test to, to see if the software is working properly and okay. to see if, if the functions are, are correct in the software. Okay. So are you kind of like serving as a potential end user, but poking around looking for things that may or may not be working as intended just to validate that they are? That is part of the job, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. How long have you been in that role? Uh, six months now. Six months now. So based yeah. on your path, and I just want to point out, like that's the second time the universe has basically restructured whatever company you're working at just to open the doors for you. So I, I just want to make sure that we highlight at that point. So you've been yeah. in the role six months. Uh, I would imagine based on past history, maybe you're still being fed and growing, but I, I would imagine you're still hungry for more. So are you, I imagine you're going to say that you're happy in your job. Do you feel like you're being fed? You're growing and you're learning a lot every day? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, and, and again, the universe, the universe again, sent, sent, sends me, uh, a great manager, a great director, yeah. 
and, and a great team. Yeah. You know, we we are all working together. We are redesigning the way that we do things. We are learning new technologies to be able to do the job in a more efficient way. And, and, and with the the latest technologies that are available for that kind of job and learning everything and learning new tools and designing new, new uh, processes and making sure that everything is more efficient and that we can do more for the company and ultimately for the patient. You know, yeah. to make that you know, we have a great product, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and without the team that I have now and this director that I have now, that would not be able to happen. Yeah, yeah. I love that you recognize that, and you've got that gratitude. I too am on a great team, and I, I feel like that's a it's a great dimension if we're blessed to have that support around us. So, man, your your story is phenomenal. And before we wrap, uh, I'd love to throw you on the hot seat, ask you some rapid fire questions to better understand the psychology of Mauricio. You up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, right. man. Thank you. Yeah, for the compliment. All right, first question: What does your typical morning routine look like? Breakfast and uh, get the kids to school. Okay. And uh, I work a lot and I, I study a lot in the morning because my my I wake up my brain's on fire. Yeah. Uh, I'm a morning person, okay. so I wake up with ideas. I wake up with, uh, with with willingness to do things, and I like to take advantage of that and get things done. Yeah. And I slow down <laughs> in the end of the morning. Okay. You know, I eat my lunch and then I slow down a little bit and, and I come back to it later. But it's like morning is prime for me and I, I like to use it to be efficient. Yeah, I like it. If you woke up tomorrow with unlimited money, what do you think you would do every day? Uh, travel and practice jujitsu. Okay. On the first part to travel, you you've you had mentioned, I think you'd worked in 20 countries. Yeah. So where would you travel first? first uh, i don't have a first place that i would go but i would go to uh unexpected places i would not go to the the regular paris okay. or italy you know i would not go there i would go i would go to somewhere remote okay. and just get to know people and get to know the culture you know yeah. that's my kind of travel right now i like it yeah all right are there any books or podcasts that have had a big influence on you throughout your journey yes Yes, huge. And uh, uh, Lex Friedman is is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, some some in Portuguese, some podcasts in Portuguese are also uh, some that I follow, but I wouldn't be able to recommend them here now. Sure. Uh, yeah, I also like uh, comedy comedy okay. podcasts like Tim Dillon and Joe Rogan yeah. and, and things like that. And books, um, I'm I'm not a fiction book reader. I like, uh, I've been enjoying a lot of uh, philosophy. Mm. So I, my last read was uh, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Okay. I've heard yeah. that one. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard great things. It is amazing. It is, yeah. it is unbelievable. I, I had uh, had some questions about life and about death that uh, that book help, helps me when I think about the answers in that book. Yeah. They help me uh, on like when I, when I think about those questions again. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to add that to my reading list. Yeah. All right. If you could send a single message to your former self to help you through any one of the many, many pivots that you've done, what do you think that message would be? I would have taken care of my body more instead of uh, just focusing on studying as much as I did. Uh, I don't regret studying, but I think that I, I compromised my, my health and my mm -hmm. body in such a way that I uh, I'm, I think I'm taking it back now and yeah. I, I'm able to get back on track, but I, uh, and I used to think that mind and body were not connected, that you could mm -hmm. do, you could, you could be efficient and be the best you can just by studying or by using your mind or by learning things, watching things and reading, but you cannot, it, yeah. it's all connected. I mean, if you have some pain, you cannot focus on what you're doing and, uh, your body is just so important, you know, and yeah. just. I treat as a as a temple now, but I also yes. have have fun with it. You know, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's both. It's both a temple and a and a playground. So yeah. just just go yeah. for it. I'm yeah. so glad you point that out, Mauricio, because so many people, especially the the really gung ho career oriented people, a lot of them neglect their health, and you know, you yes. you spend like the first half of your life or whatnot 
maybe they're generating wealth, but then they're going to spend the whole back end of it just in, in pain and in the hospital all the time yes. and, and going to the doctor. So I'm so glad that you, you highlighted that. I too used to be overweight before I had that wake up moment as well. And now I too, you know, work out five, six days a week and try to make that uh, basically non-negotiable in my life. So again, thank you for, for highlighting that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything else you think somebody that's trying to make a, a similar pivot needs to hear that we haven't already? No, no. I'm, st I'm just so glad that I came here and uh, we were able to have this conversation. And I hope that someone listens to it. And if they have that plan, that they can uh, they can find their path and they can they can find their solution and they can be able to achieve the, 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 their objective. And I I. I I really I genuinely genuinely just a hard word for me in English, <laughs> but he got the point. Yeah. Like to I I like to help people, uh, yeah. and if you 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 share you're gonna share that and share my LinkedIn account. If anybody needs any any anything, the if you see a job at my current company that fits your profile, let's have a conversation. Let me meet you and see if you if it makes sense and I can help you get in contact with the recruiters. If you want to talk about anything else uh, and just just some guidance, uh, I I would love to uh, support in any way I can. Yeah, I was going to ask where people can go to to find more out about you, but I will throw your LinkedIn in the show notes. And Mauricio, I just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. It's an amazing one. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's show, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on Apple or Spotify. It's a free way you can support the show and help other people just like you find the story and others like it. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. And most importantly, if you know someone that might be interested in breaking into tech, tell them about the show.